Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit ChildAndFamilyResourceNetwork.org today. And what's up, everybody? Welcome in. It is GC Live Friday episode of the show. Chris, we've made it. The Drake album is out today. <laughs> I we're going to do a whole episode on the new Drake album. Did yes. you get to listen to it? I did not, okay. but I will. Yeah. I will. I will. Uh, there's a new Drake album out. There's a new Kanye album. we got so many things to get to today. <laughs> no, we've got Gamecock football um, tomorrow. I was listening to Pearson and Preston rolling in, and uh, they had an excellent point on 107.5. And because Pearson was like, it's almost game day. And Preston said, no, dude, it is game day. Like the, fr- the Friday before game one, it might as well be game day. We are here. Technically, we're one day away, but we have a made, we've made it. We, we have arrived. And Chris and I have arrived here at Market on Main, which is where you should come out to hang out with us or – just come out tonight. They've got a pep rally going on. They've got live music going on. They've got right above our heads the massive 23-foot LED screen as well. You can come out, watch South Carolina play um, Eastern Illinois. Of course, Clemson, Georgia is going to be on some of these TVs tomorrow as well. So great spot to come hang out. Great spot for you to watch all the games going on tomorrow. And uh, the cool thing is with this TV, man, they actually can split it up into four games all at once as well if you want. Uh, Chris, before we get any further, though, got to tell everybody about our good friend, Clint Hammond of the Mortgage Network. Clint is our major uh, presenting sponsor, our main presenting sponsor. Uh, hit Clint up, clinthammond.com, 803-771-6933. I actually rode by Clint's office on the way over here. It is right across from Dreer High School. And uh, if you're in the market for a new home or you may want to – I'm thinking about refinancing myself, Chris. Um Right now is a great time to save some money. So check Clint out, give him a shout, and uh, he will certainly help you out. Now that we got that out of the way, football is here. Uh, Shout out to everybody who is in the chat already. I see some familiar names. Uh, Let's go ahead and shout them out. T, Anthony, Frederick, Nick, uh, GC intern Kendall, um, and Rob Youngston all in already (laughs) for the – for the the show today i don't have anything planned man so uh you just take it away chris <laughs> yeah yeah go just sit here and chill. yeah what's what's on your mind man? man i'll tell you i i thought when you opened the show that you were going to do a football's in the air like it smells like football it kind of does beautiful day here in downtown columbia here at market on main west and i have this nice awning which is awesome uh not too hot sunny we just retreated some, to some food here at market on main it was phenomenal if I must say so myself, it was excellent. Lots of Gamecock fans walking around here on the street. Our buddy Lou Antonelli. Shout out, Lou. Shout out to Lou. Saw him walking down Main Street. He is here at Market on Main. So if you don't want to come talk to Wes and I, Wes and me, go talk to Lou. He's over there at the bar hanging out. But, yeah, it's, it's awesome, man. Lots of excitement for Gamecock football tomorrow. No shortage of things to continue diving into. I feel like we're uh, constantly – 
behind because we've been talking about a lot of storylines, but uh, more to come. Any takeaways last night from, I guess we can start there, call-in show, Shane Beamer, anything there that was, I didn't really hear anything that was super groundbreaking. You did talk about Luke Doty and his kind of timeline a little bit for coming back. Yeah, that, that was maybe the biggest thing, man. Generally, you get that final injury update on Thursday, and it was actually more of the same from what we yeah. heard earlier than week, you know, earlier in the week on uh, on Tuesday, and then from the coordinators on Wednesday. But uh, I would say he was even more positive about Luke Doty's status um, moving past this week. Yeah. I think we all sort of, even if it wasn't official yet, we all sort of, at least in our heads, have kind of uh, marked Luke out for for tomorrow, for sure. Saturday. I mean, um, he's listed as as doubtful officially. And uh, that, that makes sense. I, I think, though, moving forward, Beamer mentioned on Tuesday that he was confident he'd be back, that he'd be 100% for week two. And uh, then he, I, it just felt like he took it a step further on Thursday when he said he fully expects Luke Doty back for next week. And, you know, I, I think that that's a game, man. I, I, I did watch a very little bit of ECU yesterday. That's a game that South Carolina, obviously, um, there's some interesting little – uh, it's a weird matchup because you're going on the road to ECU, but a, but a game certainly that South Carolina is going to be favored to win and, and probably gives you an opportunity uh, if things go well basically tomorrow to maybe ease Luke into that game and get him settled in before you start to get into this SEC schedule. And sure. So, yeah, that, that was maybe my, my – I don't know if it's a big takeaway, but it was a takeaway. And, Chris, I if you're going to sort of dive into something that's – it's kind of small, but it was a small comment, but could be a big indicator. The, the thing I'm most curious about is to see what South Carolina under Shane Beamer, um, what, what type of program is this going to be on game day? And in terms of your game day operation, your game day decisions, um, just all the little scenarios that Shane Beamer has been preparing for, since probably since he put on a head that play headset as a kid and that photo that gets passed around. Yeah. But now he's going to be making them in real time. Yeah. And now there's going to be a hundred different little variables that, that affect these decisions. So what is the approach tomorrow? What is the approach as we talked about on fourth downs? And then something he mentioned yesterday, what is the approach when it comes to sort of uh, how you rotate players in and out. Your rotation pattern, that, that's something I, I feel like we use that term in basketball, like the, the rotation pattern. But but in football, it's a thing as well. There were times when I felt like South Carolina leaned a bit on their starters a lot. And Beamer made the comment, and I'm paraphrasing, but he made the comment because he was asked about the linebackers specifically. And he said, you know, we, we don't want to ask Shirai Green to go play 70 plays if we have 75 plays on defense. Right. Um, that caught my attention because I'm wondering, do we see a little shift in approach on rotation, particularly, you know, in the front seven? And, you know, I think there are some guys at that spot that have not played much. Uh, you know, Adebo Williams has not played at all at the college level. Mo Caba has played a little bit at the college level. You have some young guys there that I think will benefit – as the season progresses from getting into the mix, just having a chance to go make some mistakes and learn from them. So that, that to me was a, a positive development for South Carolina and a, I think a, a needed uh, shift 
if it plays out like that, you know, in real life. Sure. And, and it is, you know, one of those cool and interesting kind of subplots to try to figure out what, how that is going to work because, you know, we talked about going to linebacker, your example, you know, Clayton White, this is something we've reported, but he kind of reiterated it too the other day during his media opportunity in the middle of the week. He said that, you know, you got to have three guys that can play and you want five. And so, you know, that shows they would probably like to work in five. He wants to be able to split it up. Now, part of that is how many defensive snaps are you playing in total? Um, you know, who's the opponent? You know, how are you playing? There's a lot that goes into there. I would say, you know, just thinking back to the past, you know, one thing fans always are going to want to know is what changes from regime to regime or year to year. We saw, for instance, on the offensive line, South Carolina typically went in the distance. The starting five was the starting five. Defensive line, that was probably the area where you saw the most, the most rotation. That was yeah. the most rotation was on the D-line because you got to keep those guys more fresh. Linebacker, not as much. Remember, we went some over some of the numbers from last year. Part of it was COVID year injuries. There was one game where Ernest Jones played almost every snap, and I think only two linebackers played in total. I think it was the Ole Miss game. So I think you will see more of that. Greg Adkins, the O-line coach, has even hinted about maybe rotating some guys there. Uh, maybe not a lot, but some I'm interested in running back rotation. What does Justin step do with his guys at receiver? Because some people lean on starters more, some rotate them in and out a lot more. So that is an interesting part of it. And even more interesting for game one and, and, you know, game one of the Beamer era and this season, because there is so much newness, so many new faces. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to steal from, from Preston Thorne again, man. Cause I, uh, if y'all don't know already, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Preston, not just uh, on the radio, but as a person. Uh, he was obviously very involved with our our um, kickoff party at Stillhands, and so Preston said he was most looking forward to finding out who Shane Beamer is as a coach. And I was like, man, that's that's actually a great way to put it because yeah. we've we've seen Shane Beamer as the uh, the coach off the field. We haven't. He, he's he's had one game as a head coach. And it was as as an interim head coach. This is his first opportunity with his program to lead the way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, right down to like Preston was. Is he going to be throwing a visor? Is he going to be throwing his hat when <laughs> when he gets fired up? Is it more of like a a positive? We've seen we've seen Shane jumping on his players before, excited. Yeah. Yeah. You know, after a big play in the past. What what type of um, mindset does he bring to that position on the field what type of approach what does it just what does it literally look like mm-hmm. um with Shane Beamer as South Carolina's head coach there there are so many different little tiny details that we are going to learn tomorrow which is why I would encourage you if you're on the fence about I, I was talking to somebody um today there are still tickets available to this game uh, if you're on the fence man you could probably get in this game pretty cheap um we were talking again to our buddy Lou Antonelli, who's right behind us. Actually, shout out to Lou for coming out. Uh, I believe he said he was going to buy everyone here a beer. Did I read that right? He did. Um, first, first one, beer. Okay, one, not, unlimited beers. not unlimited beers. Um, Let's yeah, not put that yeah, on. Yeah, shout out Lou. But um, you know, to me, there's something special about being there for the first one. If you're a fan oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. So, is this some great opponent? No. Is this a team South Carolina should beat handily? Yes. But you're going to learn more about the program in one game than probably you, – you, you always learn a lot in a game one, I think. But in this sense, 
it is also game one for Beamer as a whole, as mm-hmm. a head coach. So we're going to learn so much tomorrow, man. That That's what I'm most excited about. I know coaches like to say it's not about them, it's about us. You know, it's, we're looking in the mirror, we're looking uh, at South Carolina. Tomorrow is very much about South Carolina and what this program can be under Shane Beamer. Yeah, and I think that's going to extend even into, you know, pregame. I mean, the the social media accounts, the creative team at South Carolina, they've been making a big push for Gamecock Walk, 4.45, if you'd like to go, 4.45 p.m. It's going to be Gamecock Walk. They're encouraging people to get into the stadium early. They want, obviously, a great atmosphere. Still tickets available, but should be a good atmosphere there West tomorrow weather. It's supposed to be beautiful. Um, but I, I'm, I'm curious to see just the lead-up to the game, too. Is there anything new – that Shane Beamer himself kind of puts his stamp on, you know, like any new traditions that he's starting. We don't know. I mean, I haven't heard of any of those things. It might be that there's really nothing, uh, but the pregame videos have been promised to be cool. What do they do going into the fourth quarter? You know, what are all those things like? But I'm with you on Beamer himself, you know, kind of seeing his demeanor. He's talked a little bit about what to expect. As far as, you know, he, he's not going to – he does recognize and has said that your team takes on the coach's identity. He said that, paraphrase. Um, so he said he's not going to be acting crazy, but he also does get into it. We know that. A um, little bit different role being a head coach as opposed to an assistant. Uh, but that will be a neat thing to see tomorrow. Yeah, and, we'll, you know, some of, some of the things we learn tomorrow will will sort of adjust. They will adjust as the, the season progresses and – it's going to depend on opponent. You know, you're probably going to – you are going to rotate guys, I would imagine, a lot more tomorrow than you are, uh, you know, against Kentucky potentially. So, some some of the stuff is game by game, week by week. But, uh, yeah, dude, we're, we're going to learn a ton because, it, dude, if it was just a new offensive coordinator, we'd be looking at all these things we're going to learn about a new OC. You have a new OC, DC, special teams, a new head coach, new position coaches at every single position except for – that defensive end, edge, buck, whatever you want to call all the different spots there. Um, with Mike Peterson, the lone holdover, shout out Mike P. He's an avid listener of the show, by the way. So shout out Mike P. If you're listening on Friday, um, he did say that one time. Yeah, yeah. he did. He did. Um, you're right. Might have been messing with us. But yeah. anyway, so dude, I'm curious as well as this thing moves forward. Like to me, this game, we, we do our keys to victory. Every week on the site, I, I think we do Keys to Victory. on. It's been so long since we've had a Friday game day show. I think we did Keys to Victory on here as well. Um, to me, the key to victory for this week isn't really about victory. Like South Carolina, If South Carolina has to, I feel like they can just get the ball to these running backs and and go win an ugly game. Like if, they, if, it, if things just went, you know, to absolute you-know-what. They'd say, scrap everything. We're going to get the ball to these running backs, and we're just going to grind it out and take the W and, and move on to next week, right? Right. But I I think, for me, the, the key to tomorrow, again, not necessarily so much victory, but the key for what you want to see as a South Carolina fan is, like, the operation. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, I mean, like, the literally – getting in the plays to the quarterback, the quarterback relaying the plays to the offense, no delay of games, no offsides on defense, getting lined up on defense. If um, if Eastern Illinois does do some no huddles, some hurry up type stuff, um, I think that was a part of their game plan at times last week from what I saw. Um, 
watching them on ESPN Plus. So um, the, the little things that they've practiced, they had a mock game week last week. But it's gonna. a lot of these guys are going to be playing in front of the biggest crowd they've ever played in front of. Sure. So, you know, Clayton White talked about that, Chris, getting the plays in and getting them relayed when you're, you want your crowd to be loud while your defense is on the field. So we always think about that from an offensive standpoint, like keep the offense uh, for being able to communicate. Well, your defense better be able to communicate. So what little issues crop up just because it is game one? And how do you handle those things? How do you – relax the nerves how do you take a deep breath go back to your training as opposed to getting caught up in you know your second aunt is in town your three cousins are you know tomorrow's a big day for a lot of these kids so how how smoothly that's probably a good word for it how smoothly does this game go for south carolina with all the newness now the great thing is even if there are some issues in in that area there probably will be at some point. Sure, sure. All that stuff is what you would call correctable mistakes. But I will say this. If they are able to play a relatively clean, smooth game in those areas, then I think that's a pretty good reflection on the staff um, and on the kids themselves uh, because that would be very impressive. It would be. And, you know, you, you to some degree never know what you're going to get with that because of – you know, this year it's even more so. I, I, it's emphasized even more. You got a lot of players who have not played, or this, like you said, will be the biggest crowd. It's game one of the season. How many times do we hear after a game one? A lot of times it's a, a coach in a losing press conference, which we don't anticipate that this week, but we didn't see that in the preseason, right? You hear that a lot. Well, yeah. we didn't have these issues in the preseason. And they crop up during the game. Well, why is that? Well, it's a real game, you know. So things happen. Things don't go like you plan. There's adversity, and so you're right. How they're going to handle that, you know, they they've seemed pleased with it at times. They've said we've had too many issues at times. So getting to the game and playing a clean game certainly be positive. And really, Wes, against it's positive for South Carolina that they play this team game one as opposed to you know Kentucky or something like that, where you've got a much lower margin for error. You get some things wrong game one against this opponent, you know, you're going to be able to overcome that. Uh, but it, it's still, you know, a challenge. There's still going to be some things that, that don't go your way. Yeah, there will be. And, you know, I, I think there, there's been some interesting conversation about how South Carolina will approach this game on, on offense. And, you know, there, there was that discussion yesterday. Uh, Jay Phillips put it out on Twitter, and we talked about it, so I'm not going to dive all the way back into it. But I, I do want to sort of play off of this, this idea of, the over-under of 10-and-a-half guys catching the football. Well, some of the people responding to that were like, I don't think that many guys are going to catch the football because basically this is a game where South Carolina can just run the football down their throats more than likely. Well, I I agree with that, but I think – and the coaches would never admit this. Coaches would never say this publicly. They would never make this anything publicly. But – I think this is a game where you probably feel good enough that, yes, you could just run the football, but I think you want to work on sure. those things. You want to work on the timing of the passing game. You want to you want to keep it balanced just because you know that you're going to have to be balanced against other teams. So, yes, they're, if they wanted to literally just run the football every single time – they could actually probably get away with that. Yeah. But 
do you do you grow as a team by doing that? No. Does does Zeb and the receivers uh, are, are they able to grow as far as being on the same page with each other, getting their timing down, getting their rhythm? No. Um, does the offensive line benefit from just run blocking the entire game? Probably not. So to me, this is a game about working on all those things. Yes, there might be open running room for the entire evening, but what you really want to learn is, to me, Chris, it's not even about does South Carolina move the football tomorrow because I think they'll move the football. It's going to be about how do they move the football and are they able to be a balanced offense? Because uh, if they're not, uh, you know, against these guys, that that could be our, an early sign of trouble, although obviously we don't know what the quarterback position will be moving forward. Yeah, well, and, and that is a sign. If South Carolina does – make a decent effort effort to pass the football in this game, which I'm with you. I think they will. Uh, you got to stay balanced, and, and you do want to work on that aspect of the game. Now, now, first and foremost, obviously, win the game. And a big part of that's not turn the ball over. Don't ha- have those kind of administrative penalties and errors we were talking about, those operational things. Um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, when, when you look at this team, um, it, they're going to be able, I think, to control – the game for the most part tomorrow, you know, against this team that they're much smaller, um, not as athletic. So not turning the football over, not having those types of penalties, being able to stay balanced, that's the key. It is going to be, like you said, a bad sign if they do make effort to pass the football against Eastern Illinois and it doesn't go as well. If it's not clicking, might be a sign, you know, because the competition only steps up from here. So you do want to see some of that in game one, and you want to see it go well against this opponent. Well, and I think you you really want for you want to get these receivers some confidence. Not that they don't. And I'm not saying that like they lack confidence. I'm saying that like you want to you want for them to see things go well in a game. Yep. Like yep. not just in practice, not just on film, not just a few times. You you want for them to consistently have the actual act of successfully making some plays in the passing game. And to me, that is something that you turn around and you build off of it, and you build their confidence from there. And then if you if you can do that early, man, that's when you start to get some of these other guys in there and, and try to do the same for them, try to build their confidence up too. So so to me, again, this, this does not – this really doesn't – this game, we don't learn a whole lot about South Carolina. We certainly – if South Carolina – I'll say it like this, man. If South Carolina does what we think they should or what we think they can, then we probably don't learn much about them. At all, right? Right. We really only are going to learn if, like, some things don't yes, go exactly. their way. And, yeah. um, you know, are, are are they able to get some stops on defense, or is it just that, um, that the opponent makes mistakes, you know, and, and puts the ball on the turf and, and just uh, sort of gives them the ball back right. as opposed to the defense um, forcing some three and outs, forcing some four or five and outs, and – where, where they aren't really able to sustain drives. Like those, the result, the result as far as the score could be very much the same, but the, what we actually learn could be very much different. Yeah, it could be. And that's kind of what I meant by the passing game. I mean, if they come out and they have a crisp, highly productive performance, make a bunch of big plays in the passing game tomorrow, some people will look at it as, oh man, they look great, but you kind of zoom out and, and consider the opponent that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be the case for the rest of the season. On the contrary, if they struggle, 
then it, then it's maybe a worry area. But um, you know, I, I agree. I don't think we're going to learn a ton about this team, um, but we are going to learn something. Shane Shane Beamer's you know in game personality scheme. There's going to be so much diving into the scheme, offense, defense, special teams. You know who does make some big plays. Um, what do first-time guys, first-year guys, new faces, what do they look like? I think we're going to learn much more about those types of things tomorrow. Yeah, and I, I, again, I'll be curious to see how aggressive they are. I, I actually think they're going to try to send a message, not to anyone else, but to uh, to their own players. Like, I, I think they're going to attack this game pretty aggressively uh, from an approach on offense just because it sends the right message to your guys, A, that you have confidence in them, B, that this is going to be a fun offense to play in, and um, see that 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 you really just believe they can they can do it. So I'm, uh, I'll, you know, again, if they have to, they'll just take the air out and go run the football. I don't think my guess is that's not what anyone wants to do. Speaking of running the football, though, we still don't know who's going to be the starting running back. That was not mentioned yesterday, and uh, you know, I, I think personnel as far as what specific play they want to call is you know, a determining factor in this as well, man. But I I think we, we've talked about this. I think it's going to end up being Zaquandre White. That would be my, I would say, pretty darn educated guess on that. And, um, you know, I, I think that's that's a nice moment for Z White because we know, we know all these guys are going to play. We know it's going to be a heavy rotation all season long, certainly a heavy rotation I would expect on Saturday night. But uh, for Z White, kid that's done everything the right way at South Carolina, um, should be a cool moment, uh, assuming he does get that start. It is. And, you know, he, he's worked extremely hard. You know, you remember back in the spring, West, everybody we talked to, you know, familiar with the program and how things are going. I mean, Zaquandre White was – you couldn't talk to anybody without Zaquandre White being brought up. He had a really good spring, uh, took it and ran with it. Cause obviously, he had a lot more opportunities in the spring even than he normally would because of the injuries. Had a great spring, carried it over into summer preseason. He's done a great job. And, we know that even last year, Wes, in the midst of a very difficult season, it was really miserable for a lot of people. He was still a guy that was very engaged, you know, very good teammate. Well, he's got a lot of talent too. And so even this running back room that does have talent has got a proven guy in Kevin Harris. you got Marshawn Lloyd, former five-star. So Quandre White, he's right up there. And that kind of speaks to the potential depth of this room um, because he's he's gone out and earned that ability to start if he does indeed, you know, get that nod. Yeah, I think he will, man. And, uh, again, some some of, like, the start – I'm always more curious who starts on the – who starts on the video board, like, as far yeah. as the actual yeah. announced starters. Um, you know, Jaheim – and Beamer talked about this, and I think we have as well. Jaheim Bell, in my mind, is a starter. Even though he's the sure. second tight end, he is a starter. In my mind, three of your receivers are starters. So, it, some of that just obviously – depends completely on the personnel that South Carolina goes with uh, in game one. Um, I w- you, you mentioned this earlier, man. I'll, I'll be curious to see what little changes we see pregame. I even I had uh, I had the parent of a, uh, of a recruit ask me, you know, where, where will the recruits be sitting? Do you know what the plans are? Do you know if things will be different? And part of our discussion was, you know, the parent was like, I, I bet Beamer sort of has his own little um, – Little spin, little twist, little tweaks on um, on uh, on that as well. So um, Beamer, to me, feels like the type of guy who wants to have his stamp 
on all aspects of the program uh, to an extent. Yeah, and, and that's why, you know, that's what I was saying earlier, you know, will there be anything kind of new before the game or something? You know, even something as small as that, you know, what, what will that be like, if anything? There might not be anything. You know, the new videos, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it'll be neat. You know, and, and this program has – he's talked about this. I mentioned earlier, you know, taking on his personality. When he answered that in the past, you know, a team taking on the coach's personality – he was really talking about kind of in game, you know, how they conduct themselves, you know, when, when there is adversity hitting, how does the team respond in some ways, how their coach responds. And so he was talking about it that way, but also Wes, I mean, notice the entire program has kind of taken on his personality and what he wants it to be as it continues building out. And, you know, I think the latest video that Gamecock football put out on social media that Justin Wall did shout out to him. It was fantastic. Um, you know, they, they've had a lot of good ones. You think that was, I, I, I'm not going to say it was the best. Cause I, I, I did. I've, I've got recent, there's some recency bias there. I'm I, sure. Yeah. But dude, that thing, the production quality on those, yeah, it was, I, I think it was the best are insane. Yeah. I think it was the best. And, um, you know, but, but that video really encapsulated, you know, what Beamer wants this program to be. And based on how many people were chiming in, Luke Day, a lot of other staffers. Chance Miller, the associate AD, is heavily involved in football. Is heavily involved in, in this, you know, hiring process of Shane Beamer. They all chimed in and said, you know, Luke Day made the statement, "This is not a hype video." Yeah, you know, they kind of, this is what it is, and so that's what I mean by Shane Beamer putting his personality on the program. It's hype videos are cool. We've seen a ton of hype videos. They're always awesome. But a lot of times it's music and guys lifting weights and screaming and stuff. It's really cool. But this one was more of kind of a, a look at the culture. And that's, you know, that's what I mean by Beamer putting his stamp of personality on the program. I think that is, you know, Beamer had his comments about the, the uniforms. Uh, RIP to the unofficial official uniform report. I think it's officially dead. It, it might be. We'll I don't see. know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But, um the, the uniform reveals, I guess, maybe going away, but I think what y'all saw from what I've heard, from what y'all saw this week with that video is sort of the shift. Like, that's an example of the shift. It's going to be about storytelling, telling the story. Not that it hasn't always to an extent. So some, I'll say this, a lot of the uniform reveals did tell a story. Sure. They were very good at sort of um, – implementing something about either that week's game or even sometimes just stuff that was going on in pop culture, like during that time. Yeah. Um, very, I would say uh, timely as far as what, what the different reveals also sort of used as their theme. That's probably the word. Uh, Miss Hobbs, my 10th grade English teacher, will be proud of me for talking about the theme job. Of, the, of the video. But, but seriously, the, the storytelling you saw, in that video that just came out, was that yesterday? Everything can't, has run together. Can't keep track of it. It does yeah. run together. I think it was yesterday. Yes. We'll just go with that. <laughs> but that that's their approach from here on out, from what I've heard. It's going to be storytelling like that, trying to capture the moment of being in the Beamer era in real time. And I thought that one perfectly captured the moment of what – all those guys have uh, have done. I was about to say going through this. That sounds very negative, but just what they've experienced. Sure. For the last, what we're at eight 
eight months, eight going on nine months now. So yeah. um, kudos to, to that entire team over there because that was awesome. Yeah, and uh, SC Scout guy asked, Justin King didn't do this one. I, you know, we don't know unless you know, Wes, kind of behind the scenes who all touches. Justin King's the head of the creative department, but from what we saw based on the kudos being given out, a guy named Justin Law, who was still pretty new over there. Still he came pretty in, new. I think prior to last season. Yep. But he he's one of the – there's several people on that creative team that do video and, and you know, shoot, edit, produce. And Justin, I think, was responsible for that video. Justin Law was. And whew, it was a banger. Yeah. There's no doubt. Yeah, yeah that, that guy's talented. I think he came from Ohio State, if I remember correctly. Um, but don't quote me on that. Dude, we still have not really talked about Eastern Illinois as a team. We, we had their head coach on. That was really cool. That was. We've not really broken them down as a team. Um, there are reasons for that. But I, I think um, when I when I watched them, and I, I'll be honest, I didn't watch the entire game. I watched the first half from last week. I, I just think that – and somebody else actually mentioned this. I think the size and the speed difference, just like overall, like team speed, team size um, – and I'm not even talking about what's listed on a roster or a depth chart. I'm talking about the absolute just eye test, watching them play play football. Yeah. Um, that's that. I feel like there's probably going to be mismatches throughout. Like it's not just we're saying that because they're an FCS school, but just actually that was that was my first thought watching them is that there's probably going to be a pretty severe size and speed disadvantage uh, for Eastern Illinois on Saturday. Yeah, and I think that's where it's going to be most noticeable when you kind of stack up what South Carolina has and what Eastern Illinois has, right? So the skill positions may not be as noticeable. Um, really, when you look at any level of football, you know, that that's kind of where teams can equalize is, is maybe with a scheme, like you look at an option team, right? That's a great equalizer. And having good skill guys, which those are a little bit easier to find, where, where you separate the big boys, you know, FCS, FBS, Power 5, the trenches, right? So – and even talking to Coach Cushing the other day, where did he go with that? South Carolina's offensive line, South Carolina's defensive line, and then he talked about South Carolina's running backs, right? So Eastern Illinois, they're going to have some receivers that might have the capability to get open. South Carolina may not always get open against their DBs, right? But when it comes to line and scrimmage, that's going to be the biggest difference. And I think, you know, just diving a little more deep into it, Eastern Illinois' quarterback – Interesting quarterback, like he can run, um, and he's a gunslinger. Like he's not afraid to throw the ball. He's got a pretty good arm. But Cushing even like Coach Cushing even laughed the other day and said he'll get himself into some trouble. I saw that during the Indiana State game. I think South Carolina's going to have a chance to you know pressure him up front into maybe some mistakes. Yeah, you know, man, he and he's a guy that does. He has some wills, but I wouldn't call him necessarily a dynamic right. runner. Right. Like he he. He can hurt you a bit. He can extend plays, and then, like you said, he's going to extend plays and launch the football, which that generally they're, – they're sort of uh, – it kind of goes back to, to risk-taking for a quarterback. Like, you could have a guy that, that doesn't take many risks, and he's probably not going to make a bunch of big plays, but also he's not going to turn the football over for you. Or you take a guy like this that the, uh, the, the distance between the outcomes on any given play is like this because – it could either be a great play or it could be um, 
a pick six the other way, which is something we, you know, we, we saw. So saw that last week. I, you know, I, I think – and kind of, you know, Chris, I, the more I thought about it, South Carolina's quarterback decision, I think even leaned towards let's go with the guy in Zeb Nolan who has uh, – you know, is going to manage the game, get us in and out of plays. They're saying who who can who can have who can minimize mistakes. Whereas, you know, Jason Brown, if you go with him, I think I, I actually am going to predict that Jason Brown is going to go in this game. He's probably going to make some big plays, like there because there's going to be opportunities against this defense to go make big plays. So I I think people are going to come out of this game Saturday, and I think there will probably still be some people saying. Jason Brown should have been the starter because I think there will be an opportunity right. for big plays, and he will probably go make them. Because people, yeah. you know, idiots like us in the media, fans, we love we talk about the big plays. We don't we're not yeah. paying attention who to who best gets the team in and out of a huddle or who um, who saw that that slot receiver was lined up wrong and says, "Hey, man, you got to go two yards that way," yeah. or who uh, commands the huddle and says. Hey man, I, I think I think that guy shaded me this way. Um, the ball, I'm going to throw the ball to this shoulder instead of that shoulder. Yeah. We don't see here nor care in a lot of cases about any of that. We right. just see Jason Brown has a huge arm and made some big plays. So um, I think in the case of their quarterback, um, Auto Coons is yep. the name. Uh, in the case of their quarterback, they're rolling with a guy, and he's probably the, the best their best chance to win. They can make plays for him, but also can can make some mistakes for him. South Carolina, especially a game like this, is, is saying we're going to go with the older guy, the guy who's played at the FBS level, and can sort of minimize mistakes. And uh, and then you know probably get Jason Brown in there. And again, I'm that I'm putting that on the record as a as a <laughs> prediction. Jason Brown is going to go in, and he is going to play very well for South Carolina, and he's going to excite people because he is an excitable guy that makes plays. And even Shane Beamer gave some credence to the idea of a gamer and saying, yes, like, coaches Very don't like to admit the idea of a gamer. You ever notice that? that that's oh, yeah. rare yeah. for a coach to admit. Play how you practice. Yeah. You hear that all the time. Yeah. He, he admit, he admit that was, that was kind of interesting, kind of cool. So yeah. we'll, we'll see how they rotate these guys. But, but I think, I think South Carolina will get a decent lead. Jason Brown will get a chance, and uh, I suspect he'll play pretty well. Well, you're right, and 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 that will be interesting. That'll be one of those little like the word. I, what was that word at the beginning in the preseason? I said I was going to overuse or the phrase. Oh, it was like low margin. I've used subplot eleven thousand times. I'm going to retire it and say something different. But one of the storylines coming out of that game, there's going to be a bunch of them, I'm sure, little ones. But that'll be one if Jason goes in. You know, which quarterback played the best? If more than one plays, and more than one will probably play. But you're right. It is funny. Circumstances go out the window. It was kind of like in the spring game, right? The the other 14 or however many practices, nobody saw them, including media. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Does not matter. I mean, you could we could have reported, and this did not happen. I'm making up this scenario. Jason Brown could have thrown 10 picks a day in practice, right, and then gone out and done that in the spring game, and people would have said, I would put him in. He's the best quarterback. You know, so you, you do have to look. That's why we're constantly, you know, kind of preaching. Look at the whole picture. But, like, one of the spring game touchdowns that Jason threw, it was a great throw. It was also on, not to pick on it, it was on a freshman walk-on DB. 
who will not play much, just being realistic. So, like, you do have to look at those things. But it will still happen, and I think you're right. I, I think Jason's going to get a chance and, and do quite well. Yeah, he will. Um, trying to think, man. We really should make notes for the show, huh? What have we not hit on? Well, I'll tell you one thing we haven't hit on. Dead socks. socks. It does. It all socks. Wes and I don't have socks on today. Flip-flop weather. Right. Beautiful but weather. Holy cow. Lots of business people around still, though, milling around, coming off lunch break, going to lunch, going to and from work. I hope that they're wearing dead socksy socks if they're wearing, you know, dress shoes. Uh, patented no-slip technology, buttery soft feel. They also have athletic socks, no-show socks, if you want to loaf around or something like that. Uh, check those guys out, deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Also check out the college line for some spur socks, some striped socks that are kind of Gamecock flavored. 25% off, West with promo code COCKY. How many, um, how many of these business professionals that we've seen walking by, maybe going to lunch. Main Street is like a busy area now, by the way. It's very, very busy. We got, and there's some students, because I guess there's student housing back there now. That, that was not there when I was here. There's students walking back and forth. The state house is actually, I mean, right there. Like, mm-hmm. we're looking at the state house. Just a beautiful area to hang out. How many of these uh, business folks are having the old, uh, sneaking the old lunch beer uh, on a Friday just because the weather is like it is, man. Like, if you were sitting outside right oh. now, um, as we are, I don't care if you're going back to work. Very, very difficult not to yeah. have a couple of lunch beers. I, yeah. I, I would say several of them are not even sneaking it or hiding it. It's just, just kind of there. This is a great idea, you know, for a day like this. It, Some this steel hands, maybe? Steel hands would be great. That would, that would be a great selection at Market on Main today or tonight for the pep rally here. Yes. What time is that, Wes? Um, so, the uh, they, they've they've got basically all evening. All evening, things yeah. are planned out. There's live music actually starting at four thirty. So, if you want to start getting out here, then uh, that'd be great. Then they have more live music uh, starting at eight o'clock, and uh, they, they've got the pep rally, which is um, I believe brought to you by Coors Light. So, the uh, you, you got pretty much the entire evening is jam-packed. Uh, I think they're going to give away a couple of signed Shane Beamer footballs as well tonight. So come awesome out. stuff. Um, by the way, speaking of beer, Lou <laughs> weighing in from Facebook and from, from right behind us. Have you all seen the Steven Garcia commercial? Yeah, yeah. That was pretty perfect. What, what if Steven Garcia had tried to bust that out while he was at South Carolina? If NIL was available then, he probably would have got nixed because it was – But Chris, just go with me here, man. Um, Buzz skill. What? I wouldn't have put it past him if it was. You just do it, it anyway. Yes. Yes. Miss a couple games. Yes. Very, Bears. very well done though, by the folks at Greens. And you know what? The great, uh, the great thing about commercials like that, if you're them, as far as exposure, most of the time, like people are hammered with ads. People aren't like share. Hey, look at this ad, man. Look at the. <laughs> I mean, people were sharing that just like, oh, my God, this guy, Steven Garcia, in a greens ad, right. match, like, perfect. And, and, I mean, that, that was the best possible iterate, and very smart for the reason that you said. It gets shared a lot. How has it not happened prior? 
that's the real. That's really the only question. <laughs> that is the most important. And going question. the recruit, um, the recruit. He's picking a hat. Yeah. Pretty well. Well that done, was, guys. Good I don't stuff. know who came up with that. I don't know who wrote it, but no. um, the acting debut of Stephen Garcia. <laughs> we we give it an A, I guess. Uh, sure. Final thoughts, man. What? Uh, let's see. Who who are you most intrigued? One player. Who are you most intrigued to see in person tomorrow? Either because they're new, yeah, or because they're going to play a much bigger part than they have in the past. Immediately, two people came to mind. So I was actually thinking about this earlier before the show, um, and I'll try to narrow it. I, I am going to narrow it down to one. I, I still think for me, West, still Marshawn Lloyd. Um, my my second guy was Juju McDowell. You know, we'll see. How early? How We're much? We're trying to see all the running backs, basically. Yeah, right. But but I do pick Marshawn just because I just go back, man, to last year. You know, before Kevin Harris burst onto the scene, you remember that everything that we had heard was based on practice. That Marshawn looked like the best running back on the team, right? And then he unfortunately went down with the injury. Kevin Harris had a great year as Quandre White, you know, has continued coming along. But I mean, Marshawn is one of the, maybe the more most talked about players that has never taken a snap at South Carolina, you know, that I can remember. And so he um, went a whole year without taking a snap. So I still think it's him, you know, for me to see what he looks like, you break any big plays. That's the main one for me. He was probably one of the most talked about freshmen in South Carolina history going into last year as far as debut goes. I was trying to think goes. I was trying to think if there, you know, was another one. Um, you know, Sidney Rice redshirted his first year. He probably would have played, got injured right before the first game. Had to redshirt. Alshon Jeffrey was talked about a lot. Remember But it, then they didn't really use him. It took him, you know, his true freshman year, I think Marcus Lattimore game though, four. was a that was a highly, highly anticipated Marcus debut. Lattimore was the big and clowny, you know. Uh, yeah, that was a big debut. So it's probably it Summers two. was a massive debut too, man. It's probably some combo of, of like those three and Marshawn probably is somewhere behind him, but he's one of, you know, the most anticipated guys. All right. The, everybody in here wants to talk about cookies because we're having another Twitter food debate. So y'all hang tight. We're, we're going to talk about cookies at the end of the show. We're going to, so that everybody who doesn't want to talk about cookies, doesn't have to listen to it. We are going to talk about cookies but okay, okay. at the very, very, very end. So y'all hang tight. I got something to say about that. Um, lost my train of thought, Chris. Which guy do He's I? I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask myself All right. a question. Which guy, Wes? Which guy do you want to most see tomorrow? And you're going to have to think on the spot because Chris stole yours. Mine was going to be Marshawn Lloyd as well. I think that's a lot of people. Now, a lot of people in the chat have said to carry on Joiner. That's Good. That's a good one because I, I think we all, because of the way to carry on has carried himself, want to see a happy ending to this to carry on story for sure. So, you know, I, I think with uh, for me, my second, you know, Marshawn was probably first. I'm actually going to go with a different receiver and I'm going to go Josh Van just because, y'all. Josh Van has been the guy that. And I'll go ahead and say all that like we all sort of wrote off to an extent. I stayed. You, I, you I stayed say, a little bit. I would say I that. had my fingers clasped, like as the car, as the train was leaving the station. I was still holding on to the back, 
like but I for your life? I don't feel that you were um, as committed to the idea to the cause. <laughs> yeah, you you did. You I know, dropped you, off a little bit. You were sort of like, I mean, maybe. Yeah, right. Maybe. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, but I, you know, Josh Van, by all indications, has had an outstanding preseason. Yeah, and by all indications has been one of the guys who kind of has completely bought in to this culture change. And I, again, I think something good needs to happen for him early on. Like he needs to have something positive happen like within the first couple of drives of the season. So he can then build off of that. Yeah. So, you know, Josh Van, for me, I I just want to see the progress. I want to see the progress in – you know, in a game against real opponents. So, TB, that, that'd be my guy. I'll, I'll give you a couple of, like, my – you know, I'm breaking my own rules. But I, I want to see Jaheim Bell, see how he's yeah. used. Oh, yeah. Like everybody else on here, I want to see Juju McDowell just because, A, he's doing it for the short guys everywhere. <laughs> like, it's amazing. And the way his teammates, like, light up when they talk about this kid and then the way yeah. Satterfield talked about him and the – the football IQ, the quick, just uh, you know, ability to pick things up so easily. Um, I can tell you all this: the former running backs coach at South Carolina, Des Kitchings, that recruited him, was incredibly high on Juju McDowell. And uh, you'll remember South Carolina; it was an NC State commitment, mm-hmm. and South Carolina um, sort of moved in on him, loved what they saw. And quickly prioritized him, and uh, and landed him, and I, I think at the time thought thought that they had a uh, a steal. Well, among the freshmen in this class, like the current the incoming class of freshmen, for one, we know there's not a lot of freshmen, just pure numbers. Yeah. Most of the impact guys are going to be JUCOs or transfers. So, uh, among the like actual true freshmen, there's not really a lot of instant impact guys, but Juju McDowell could be that guy. So I'm, I'm curious to see him uh, if they get him in space. I, he's going to have a big play tomorrow. I think like, I think that's a pretty, I don't want to say it's never a safe bet that a guy's going to have a 60 yard run, but (laughs) it's a fairly safe bet because he's done it in, uh, in both major scrimmages. And then, you know what, a guy that, that the coaches have talked about, but maybe the fan base hasn't really been talking about a ton, but uh, Marcellus dial when when Beamer says stuff like, you know, he may have had the best camp of anybody on the defense. That uh, That's a meaningful statement. So I have, I mean, as you were talking, since you listed some, I will open it up, open the, the door for myself to start listing off some more guys. You know, I mentioned Marshawn. I'm, I'm in also, I'm on the same page with you on some other guys, but just to name another few that I'm really going to be watching closely. Cam Smith, Beamer talking about last night. You know, now does he play a ton, Wes? I keep saying he's good to go, but if he's in there a lot, substantial amount, really excited, whether it's week one or some other time. I want to see his progress, right? So he's one. Um, Jordan Birch, uh, Jordan Strong, a couple other guys I really want to see. Um, Jalen Brooks is another one I'm kind of intrigued by. I want to see, can he – you know, again, confidence, right? Like last year, I think he lost it. He, I think he admitted as much. Didn't wasn't in the right headspace. He's another guy that, from a physical ability standpoint, he can get open downfield. He mentioned that yesterday. There's a bunch of them. 
We could probably list. We're just about to list roster. all the starters. We're gonna list like half um, the roster. All right, uh, we we got a comment. We gotta we got to comment on first last. You you've been on this show before, man. You've watched this show before. You know good and well that we talk up Zaquandre White all the time, and we actually you missed the segment earlier where we said Zaquandre White a was our projected starter, and b how excited we were for him to have the opportunity to get the start, if that's what happens, which we I believe is going to be the case, and how he did everything right this offseason. So this is, this has always been a Zaquandre White positive Friendly show. program. Oh, yes. Yeah. If yeah, anything, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to say I was the first because I'm sure I wasn't, but I started talking. I, think, I feel like I was early to the party on the Zaquandre White, the way he handles himself on special teams, the way he's always hyping up his teammates sure. on the sideline. That was one of my favorite things about last season was the way Zaquandre White, despite everything else, stayed on the sideline with that high energy, was always encouraging his teammates, was always, again, to reuse the phrase, handling every situation the right way. So rewind it, man. This is a very Zaquandre, this is a very Zaquandre White friendly, high on Zaquandre White show Always. and all the other chatters i believe can back us up on that man so yeah. so we're good the channel is not a joke man the channel is a z white friendly channel just That's to right. get that out of the way all right let's talk about cookies because these fools <laughs> want you to believe that a freaking and chris i haven't asked you i hope you're not going against me on this well i'd see what it is i'm all right though you haven't seen this yet so i, I mean kind of so brent hughes on twitter who um i recently followed Brent Hughes uh, on Twitter. I, I'm assuming that's the same Brent Hughes that's on Facebook right now. He, he's a big uh, big Gamecock Twitter guy, and I got to say, give him a follow. Brent, throw your Twitter uh, handle up there, man, because most of the time he don't miss <laughs> on his Twitter takes, but may, may have missed today. I know Taylor Dively certainly missed today, but there's a discussion about which cookie – you're going to uh, get rid of, yeah. you know, you know, these things on Twitter, it's like, you can only, you know, you can't save them all. If you have to get rid of one, which one do you get rid of? Well, my comment was that none of the other cookies matter as long as you save chocolate chip cookies. Let me look. I, so, I need to. Yeah. So on there. And again, the, the football portion of the show is over. If you, if you hate this type of stuff, just go ahead, log off, cuss us out, tell us this is stupid and, uh, and cut the podcast off. But if you like, me getting fired up about food. Here we go. Um, I think on there was uh, chocolate chip, um, oatmeal raisin, snickerdoodle, peanut butter, uh, double chocolate, and then one of them was I don't. It was those like those cookies at the frosted sugar when you were in elementary school and you like won an award for being on the honor roll, and they got the cheapest, nastiest, just sugary ten cent cookies you could ever get and they acted like it was a reward but they were awful those which those shouldn't even be on there because everybody's gonna get rid of those all right but the, the discussion here i want everybody to weigh in chocolate chip versus oatmeal raisin i said chocolate if you save chocolate chip you can throw the, all the other ones in the trash where are you at well here, here's where i'm at it depends on the quality of each of those there's some chocolate chip cookies that are not good. And there's like, there's different levels of oatmeal raisins. So 
if, if it's a great oatmeal raisin cookie, the right amount of chew and all that stuff. Actually, oatmeal raisin is one of my favorite cookies. So I'm a little bit closer than you probably thought on this one. A good oatmeal raisin versus a, a trashy chocolate chip, oatmeal raisin all day. I don't think it's that simple of just give me a chocolate chip at any cost type of thing. Now, if, if it's both like the ideal perfect chocolate chip, perfect oatmeal raisin, I'd probably go chocolate chip. Probably. That's what, see, that's what I'm saying. You, uh, if, if we're talking about the very best that, uh, each, yeah, that I, each has I to offer. I chocolate chip. Do I get to have milk with it? Yeah, you okay. can have anything you want with it. I'm, it it's Here's the thing. Yes, with, with anything, you could be like, do you like burgers better or pizza better? And you could pick some trash pizza yeah. against a great burger yeah. or a trash burger against a great pizza, and you might be like, well, one's better than the other. Yeah, yeah. But if you're talking about the best of, of all, yeah. It's just like these these abominations of the frosted sugar cookie. These are awful, right? They fall apart. The, the icing's all gross or what? It's not even icing, whatever that is. Sprinkles, trash. But a good sugar cookie with no ice, I don't need ice. A good sugar cookie would be very high in this high. It was that crappy icing, dude. It's, and well, the cookie itself sucks on yeah. those types. I mean, everybody knows exactly, like you said, they know exactly what that is. Things terrible. I'm telling you, that's what somebody gives you when they feel like they have to give you a treat or they had to get dessert, but they didn't want to put any effort Buy into one, it. get one free at Publix. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, Mental note to never give you the cookies as like a, like if you have like a party or some kind of occasion. Ken, Kendall's on oh here goodness. busting out um, Girl Scout cookies. We, Girl Scout cookies aren't even, that's, even a, that's a whole nother, that's a, that's a whole nother podcast. Um <laughs> All right, y'all. Taylor wants to know how good my service was when I went to D's. Yeah, I I did see Taylor at D's, but I don't think Taylor's working there anymore. Um, Shane wants to know, y'all. We got to get off here. This is this is going off the rails. It's devolved into it. Um, first, last, still does not believe us that this is a Zaquandre White friendly show. Um, really? Yeah, y'all got to back us up on this. We we have been on. The Z White train since South Carolina signed Z White. Oh yeah. Um, now Lou is bringing in um, some ricotta cookies and uh, let's see, chewy cookies or hard crispy cookies. What kind? So, some are better. I mean, I, in general, chewy. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I like crispy on the outside, but like. You break it open, and it's. What are like, we doing on that? I don't know. Yeah. We're trying to get to. Well, we're at two o'clock actually. All right, y'all. That's it. That's the show. Here's the funny thing about that though: the numbers. We can see exactly how many people are watching at any given time. We started talking about cookies, and the number did not dip yes. at all. Yes. So, we appreciate it. Um, next week, free cookies for everyone. Y'all have a good one. He's Chris. I'm Wes. I'm out to market on Maine. Uh, thanks for the support. As always, we'll see you very, very soon.